Mark chapter 1. I don't know if this is our fourth or fifth uh, foray into the Gospel of Mark. And finally, we're going to finish the first chapter. Uh, we got six verses to look at, and they have to do with healing. It's kind of funny. <laughs> and by the way, let me just say, we have a quorum. You say, what do you mean? Well, we're two or three are gathered together, and uh, so we're all set. Uh, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, we had a little bit of a hiccup, health-wise. Uh, I still say, you know, we'll determine, you know, what the church is going to look like. Uh, we have our First Amendment rights. We have, uh, and I think, I think uh, the, the freedoms that we have in America are given by God. They're bestowed by a creator. They're, certain, they're certainly inalienable. The government didn't give them to us. The government cannot take them away. And woe to that government that tries. We've, uh, we celebrate our rebellion every year, and we haven't got rid of our rebel spirit yet. Um, and there's a time for that, right? There's no question of time for that. So Mark chapter 1, verse 40 says, There came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will, be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him and forthwith sent him away. And saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much, and ablaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places. And they came to him from every quarter. Let's pray. Father, as we talk, we look into your word. I do pray for clarity of mind, Lord, but I pray for clarity of heart that would receive the blessing that is ours in these verses this morning. Lord, that you would be pleased to pour out an immense blessing. Now you know, Lord, many are at home still sick, and Lord, I pray that you would speak healing into their lives and quickening into their spirits. And Father, that you would be glorified in everything that goes on from this, from this pulpit. Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Six verses, and boy, I better get moving or I'll never get it all in. I mean, there's a ton of stuff here. Um, there came unto him a leper. We know that as Hansen's disease now. We've named after the guy who isolated the bacillus that causes it. We can arrest it now, and it's not a big deal. Um, we can't reverse it. I mean, if you've, like, what, what, the, what it would do... And this is given to us in, in uh, chapter 13 of Leviticus, how to diagnose leprosy. And it's 59 verses in this chapter. They don't want you, they don't want the priest getting it wrong. If you get this and it's a white spot and it's in the skin and it's higher than the skin and it's shiny and it's this and if it's lower than, if it's on the bald head, if it's, and it goes through all these histrionics and all these variables and all these, why? You know, so you go to the priest and he puts you aside for seven days and he looks at it again and then he pronounces you clean or unclean. When he pronounces you unclean, that's a death sentence. Your life stops. No more birthday parties. No more bar mitzvah. No more weddings. No more funerals except your own. And you'll be left somewhere for 
jackals. There's, there's no, you won't get a decent burial. Your, your, your life has stopped. Your marriage has stopped. Your relationships have ended. Except now you're in a community of lepers and the, whatever fellowship among the lepers, that's, that's your life. Um, so there's 59 verses to make sure the priests get it right. You don't want to put somebody aside because they got some eczema, okay? You don't want to you don't want to put somebody aside because they got a little bit of a, a scab or a, a blemish or something like this. So they want to make sure they get it right. And again, 59 verses devoted to this. Chapter 14 of Leviticus is really interesting. What to do when somebody is cleansed from leprosy? And I've always thought of this as God's cruel joke that nobody was ever cleansed from leprosy. Uh, if you think about it, okay, uh, Moses, he put his hand in his bosom, he took it out, it had leprosy. He put it back in, took it out, and, he, and there was no offering. This was before the law. Miriam had leprosy, and there was no, and again, before this, that was codified, and she didn't ever do the prescriptions, as far as we know, for somebody uh, who was cleansed of leprosy. Uh, it's a very, and we'll go into this in a little while because it's kind of important that we cover that, and it really is kind of important. And then we have Naaman, the Syrian general who in 2 Kings chapter 5 is cleansed from leprosy by Elijah the prophet. Uh, Elisha, Elisha the prophet, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, it's Elisha. Anyway, he's cleansed from leprosy, and it's up in the northern kingdom. Does Elisha send him down to Jerusalem to the high priest? No, he sends him back to Syria, up north. So he never goes to his ritual. So we have chapter 14 of Leviticus. This is what happens when a leper is clean that nobody in thousands of years has ever done. And we'll see why that's there and why that chapter's there. There came unto him a leper. Now, uh, in Luke, and Luke is a doctor, okay, he says... This leper is in the final throes of leprosy. He said, you know, he's a, and the words used, the, the phraseology, he's, he's very leprosy. He's, he's at that point where he's almost dead. By this point, you would have lost all your fingers. You would have lost your nose, your ears, your toes. Your head takes on this lion-like appearance. The problem is neuropathy. You don't have, you lose all your feeling. And then like, you know, the story's told of like rats eating off your toes at night and you can't feel it. So it's like you step on things and there's no, pro you know, no problem. You, get, you don't feel any pain. The sensation we have in our body to feel pain are given there by God. It means stop doing this because <laughs> you're, you're headed for, uh, you know, troubled waters if you keep this up. The, th the reason things are hot and that we sense that they're hot, we take our hand away from it really quick before we burn our fingers off. So God has given us this wonderful ability to feel pain. And, I, and it's very, very necessary. So when you have this, this horrible disease, you, don't, you, have, you lose feeling. You lose ability to feel pain. Neuropathy, I don't know how else to say it. They came in a leper. Now, this guy is very leprous. Now, he's, this guy is not following rules at this point. You have to be away from everybody else. You can't come into the city. You can't come into a city with walls. You can't be in a crowd. You have to be like 100 feet... 
up, you know, if you're upwind, you're going to be 100 feet away or more, and you're going to cry, unclean, unclean. You cover your mustache. There's, you, you, you look like a leper. You let people know, hey, there's problems here. Stay away. You have to social distance, if you will. We know a little bit about social distancing uh, because it's not droplets. It's not sneezing. It's, but it is by air, and it's communicable, and it's not like communicable like a lot of things. Well, even like COVID is communicable. Leprosy isn't that communicable. And even then they had like this big separation. I understand separation. This guy, he would understand separation. It's not natural. It's not good. It leads to a lot of problems. You know, the CDC said, you know, you, you got this, uh, you know, we all got a social distance. Because you don't know when you have it, right? So you got to be six feet away. You got to wear a mask. Does that help? I'm not a doctor. Uh, does it not help not touching anybody? You know, we, that, we're supposed to do that elbow thing or, if you know, hands are okay. Never supposed to shake hands. Oh, my goodness. That's just a, a breeding ground for all sorts of horrible things. Well, I understand the CDC. Again, I'm not a doctor. But there's an unhealth in separation. And we've seen that. You know, uh, divorce has skyrocketed. Um, drug and alcohol use has skyrocketed. Um, um, suicide rates have skyrocketed. So, you know, I always think like, God forbid anyone should die of COVID, but if they die of suicide, well, that's okay. If they use drugs and stuff because they can't cope with their separation and they overuse drugs and they die, you know, because of a, you know, a heroin-induced episode where they've overdosed, and that's okay as long as we don't die of COVID. We can't, we can't die of COVID, but we can die of all these other reasons. Now, again, I'm not trying to be super critical. I'm not a doctor, but I will say this. Um, it's not healthy to be alone. We weren't created to be alone. Okay? So this man, he's not obeying any laws right now. I don't think he cares about laws. He's in a little bit of a desperate situation. You know what our problem is a lot of times as, as Christians and, and as Christians in America? We're not desperate. That's the problem. No, I, I take it back. Let me walk that back. We don't understand our desperate situation. I think that's our problem. Now, he does, this guy comes and he does the right things. Outwardly, he says the right things. He's got the right body posture. He's got what I would say is uh, a spirit of humility, or at least outwardly. Is he what somebody would call a believer? Well, I don't, that's a little above our pay grade, but I will introduce some things into evidence, and you can make your own judgment. Here he comes, he's dealing down to him. He is beseeching him. Read here, pray. And he's saying unto him, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. That's a remarkable thing. Jesus has been healing many. He's single-handedly wiping out disease in, in Israel among Jew and Gentile. We've got record of both. Equal opportunity healer. Somebody comes to him with a problem, the problem is solved. I, I would suggest that still happens, but more of that later. If you will, you can make me clean. That's always the question. 
If I were to poll, like, you know, and say, okay, how many believe that Jesus can heal? Thousand percent. He, hands go up all the time. How many believe that God wants to heal you in this particular situation? Uh-oh. Now we just crossed over to a place where I know he can heal me, but I was sick with A, B, and C, and I don't know if in this situation he wanted to heal me. That's always, that's always the issue, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, I've kind of determined this for my, own, for my own self. Take it for what you will. We have the blessings of Abraham. Abraham's blessings are on us through Jesus Christ. Galatians 3. If you don't know that, you don't know your New Testament. All the blessings that God poured on Abraham come to us. Say, so you're not even Jewish, Adam. Come to us through Jesus Christ. And I think to myself, was Abraham sick? Was Abraham disabled? Was Abraham poor? Was Abraham lonely? Was Abraham... Well, whatever God poor blessings God poured on Abraham, he wants to pour on me as well. And I would say like things like this particular situation, this particular sickness, maybe that's not one of them. Maybe Satan's trying to put that on me. What are we just talking about? God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. So we can X that one right out. Oh, I'm really feeling really anxious about the situation I got coming up. Oh, I'm, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. Oh, wait a second. God didn't put that on. I don't have to listen to that. That comes from either me or comes from Satan. Those are all the options. Well, if it comes from me, I'm an idiot. If it comes from Satan, I don't follow Satan. So fear, and me and Susan, we determine this. We don't make any choices from fear. They're always the wrong choice. And I talk to people about this, and I, and I get this. Well, yeah, but I played my ace. You, you, we don't have a spirit of fear. And now you've trumped it with your stupid yabats that aren't even scriptural or anything. Say, well, Adam, back to sickness. That was interesting. Well, listen, I think all sickness comes from sin. We I know this guy, he ate an apple, <laughs> things went sideways in a hurry, okay? All sickness comes that God didn't make us to be sick. But some people, there is sickness, and then sometimes as a result of sickness, there's death. Death entered into the world when Adam sinned. So all sin is, all sickness is related to sin. Now here's the problem. Some people teach erroneously, you're sick, it's because you're sinning. And that, my friends, is not scripture. And by the way, it's very, very cruel. Uh, so here I am suffering, and now besides that, you're going to beat me up with it, it must be because I have a, a, a sin, sin in my life. You don't know that, and I don't know that. So I go through this process. I, listen, I live in a state of just repentance. I'm just, I just want to be holier. I turn from sin. I turn from wickedness all the time. And I find in my life, I root it out, and I turn my life back over to God. Fill me with spirit. I don't want to have this sin. I want to have you in my life. And so what happens? Well, I get sick from time to time, and I do, and I do. And is this lack of faith? No. Is this lack of maybe God wants me to be set aside on this bed of illness for a time, and somehow that furthers his glory. Well, I can. how do I know if it's Satan putting that on me or God allowing that to happen? I pray. If I don't get better, it must be God allowing it. 
Because Satan has no power over God. Does God allow us to get sick? It's a fallen world. Do people get sick? Yes. Um, I, I would give you some evidence, but it's kind of obvious right about this point, isn't it? Right. And all them people are sinners, and it's all lack of faith. No, no, no. Has God allowed... Now, sometimes, sometimes this. Now, I'm going to say this, and it's Scripture, and if you want to bark at me, I, 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 don't shoot the messenger. I didn't write the book. Some times you have not because you ask not scripture t- clearly says that uh, I, I got uh, something really wrong with me and I didn't pray at all and then I, you know, I went to the doctor it's not a bad thing to do it's not evil but the doctor gave me some stuff and it may or may not have worked I may have got better I may have got worse and the, the whole thing's on me because if I prayed God said yeah I wanted to get rid of that in your life and you just never even asked. Now that is scriptural. Am I diagnosing now? Am I pointing fingers and saying, you know, the problem with this person being sick, they never asked God, and that's the issue, right? No, I'm not. My loving <laughs> pastor heart forbids that because I'm no one's judge. I'm just saying, scripture says, and I know that's true in my own life. And, and sometimes that's just the way things are. So sickness comes, and it's always a result of sin, but it's not a result of you. See, you, you sinned last week, and now you get a cold. It's, there you go. I'm never saying that, and people who say that are mistaking scripturally, and they're cruel. Okay, It's not a loving thing to say. It's not a loving thing to do. Uh, and I want to kick you while you're down. You're feeling really bad, because that's we know that's how I want to be treated, and that's the golden rule applied. Okay, so we get that. We understand all that. Here he comes and he says, listen, if you will. Why does he say if you will? He knows he can make him clean, but we don't always know if God will. Now, beyond all this, it's the finger of God. There's times in the Old Testament. Remember when David prays, wicked Joab, may he always have a leper in his family? You remember that? So now it's like judgment from God in the minds of many. Do you remember the, the Syrian general there, Naaman, his leprosy only departed from him, and then it came on Gehazi, the servant of, of uh, uh, Elisha, for reasons that we know, we know them, and we don't have to rehearse them now. God judges people with leprosy. Remember Uzziah the king went into the priest's office, and God made him a leper till the time he died? So now we see God using leprosy to judge people. So now we have this guy here. He's got leprosy, and he's been taught that. That's the finger of God. That's God's judgment on your life because you're a sinner. I can see how somebody would believe that. When somebody says to me, oh, yeah, you know, the reason you got a cold, the reason you got influenza, the reason you got cancer, the reason you got a broken arm, the reason you got a headache, the reason you got all these things wrong with you is because you're a sinner. Because I know I'm a sinner, and it's easy for you to convince me that I'm a sinner. If you want to beat me up with that, I'm thinking like, yeah, I probably get that wrong with me and a million other things. And it's a a place of faith where I understand like, if there's a cause and effect universe, and we kind of have an idea that there might be, all of us should at some time be lepers because we've done this horrible thing called sin. And if God smote us with leprosy, it's like, yeah, I guess, because we would deserve it. And he's been told all his whole life, you know, his whole leper's life, well, you know, like Job's friends. They come to him. You know, Job, wicked people don't suffer like this. Righteous people are blessed by God. 
And we've all felt that. We all know that on some level that God blesses our lives. And if there's withholding of blessing, we look and say, what do you got, Roy? Why are you mad at me? What did I do? What's the thing? And we all think like that, don't we? And here's somebody who's been taught that from the scribes, from the Pharisees, from all the religious stuff that's happening. Well, I don't have leprosy. Look at me, how righteous and holy I am. But you have leprosy. Look at you. (laughs) What did you do wrong? And this is the nature of if thou wilt. I know you got the goods. I know, I've seen you do all these amazing things. I know you can do this if you want to. Now, let Jesus speak for himself. And Jesus moved with compassion. If, if our study in Matthew, our study in Mark, I mean, teaches no other thing, let it teach us this. Let's be moved with compassion. Judgmentalism, Far be it for anyone here to be judgmental. Far be it for any of us to be, you know, setting the fate of everybody on the world. Well, they're getting what they deserve. (sighs) Jesus got what I deserve. And that doesn't make me arrogant. That makes me very humble. And I understand where people are suffering and hurting, and it's a result of their own sin sometimes. And I think, and we should think, there but for the grace of God go I, and we have no place for this judgmental attitude. Jesus, our Savior, God bless him, is moved with compassion. He puts forth his hand and touched him. That right there in myself, we stop, stop. You can't touch a leper. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, no, no, no. Leviticus says, you can't touch a leper. It's communicable. It's do not. Unclean, unclean, all that stuff, right? No, do not touch a leper. Why does Jesus break the law that he writes? He can. There's no leper that's going to sully and soil Jesus. His touch is cleansing. He's not going to be, you know, he can go into a party with with tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners and notorious 'er ne'er-do-wells. Is he soiled by that company? No. He lifts them up to his his righteousness. there's There's no way you can soil him. There's no way you can defile him. He touches a leper, and the leper doesn't infect Jesus Jesus infects the leper with his wholeness, with his, with his holiness, with his entire goodness. He touches him and he makes him clean. The leper does not make Jesus dirty, okay? Just so we understand. You, you do well not to touch a leper. But this is this, you know, and I bet this guy hasn't been touched in how long? He's at the last. It's about like a nine to, like, it, it, people live like 10 or 12 years with this. And he's at the last of it. He's on the, on the way out. He, been, he hasn't had human contact for like 10 years. Can you imagine? So I say, okay, everyone, you know, greet one another. And remember, respectful distance and some people and stuff like this. I see all hugging and kissing and hugging and all that stuff. And I can't stop it. And wouldn't try, really. I think people need human contact. I've never been one for that, you know, elbow thing. Forget about it. You know what I mean? I'm just not going to, I'm not going to participate in that. Uh, And so, you know, people just hug and stuff like that. And I think that's an important thing. They don't run around hugging everybody because 
I kind of hang back and see, you know, because some people are uncomfortable with that, and I get that, and I, you know, you always want to be uh, sensitive to that and stuff like this, but people need human touch. Jesus, he's moved with compassion, he put forth his hand and touched him. Will you make me whole? You can if you want to. The question is, do you want to? Let's let Jesus speak for himself. He saith unto him, I will. Be thou clean. The I will, it's, it's, it's I absolutely, positively will. I so want to cleanse you. I want you to understand something about leprosy. It's a picture of sin. And it's a very, very, very good one. Okay? Why? Because it starts out, it's a little spot, okay, it's a little something, it's a little easily hidden at the first. After a while, it's, it, like I say, it causes neuropathy, it, 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 there's an insensitivity. Isn't that how sin is? Is pornography, a dabbling, little, ah, oh, just a little hobby I have uh, developed and stuff like that. And after a while, it's in, you're insensitive to it. You, th- same with drugs, same with alcohol. You know, you have a little, you know, uh, Three, four beers, you get a nice buzz and stuff like that. And this is wonderful and it's funny and I act all outrageous and stuff like that. Same thing with smoking dope, same thing with... And then it always takes more and more and more to give you that same... And you, you lose that sensitivity towards the... And then it's like, you know, you have to move on to bigger and better and harder substances. And that's always, always the problem with alcohol, you know, and things like of this nature, with sin in general. It's my little pet, and I like to take it out and play with it until it takes over my life and consumes me and holds me right there, and I can't get away from it. That's the nature of sin, and that's the nature of leprosy. You know, it's a little bit, and then to the point where you can't hide it anymore, and then to the point where it ruins all your relationships, and then to the point where you're defined by it, and it's your whole life. You see that with sin all the time. It's like a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Now it's out of control. Now this is who I am. I'm this sinner. I'm, I'm porno guy. I'm, I'm drug guy. I'm alcohol guy. I'm, I'm you know, pervert guy. I'm just, and, and sin has that, that nasty habit of doing that. That's why I say live the life of just, I got the tiniest little whiff of it in my life. This the t- no, and back up. No, ain't having it. Repent. Pray, overcome, move forward with God. Uh, don't get to that point. Well, anyway, he's, he's, he understands that, you know, if he will, he would make him clean. And Jesus says, I absolutely positive. And you think about it in the spiritual realm where, where it's a type of sin. And Jesus is saying, oh, yeah, I, I'm the Savior. It's what I do. That's why I came to earth, to make sinners clean. And by the way, people aren't healed from leprosy. It's, they're cleansed from leprosy. If you want to use Bible language, and that gives us a kind of a hint right there. Jesus is moved with compassion. He puts forth his hand, and he says these, these magic words, and they're magic to me. I will. Lord, I know. Listen, I'm in sin, and I'm in wickedness, and I just can't get out of it. And I just, oh, God, if you, if, if you just touch me with you, if you just... I. Yeah, I know you can do it if you just... Listen, I don't want to be... Will he? Yes. If I, if I could get one thing correct, this is why AA works a little bit of the time, and I'm not against AA. I promise you I'm not. And Al-Anon and these different 
you know, people get, go in for drug treatment and stuff like this, and they work a little bit sometimes. But if they don't have Jesus at the center, you don't have the power. What you got is white knuckles. Just don't do it. Now, some people have given up cigarettes, given up alcohol, given up drugs, the white knuckle method. I, I've said to you, Satan laughs at our white knuckles. <laughs> that's not a great defense. If that's my every day, my just like, I just will not to. He will make us whole. He will cleanse us. He absolutely will. If any man comes to me, I, there's no way I'd turn him away, he says. I wouldn't even think about that. I will. I will be thou clean. I think he says that to us sinners. Hey, you know something? I will be thou clean. Lord, help me to overcome the sin of my life. I absolutely will be thou clean. Does Jesus say to us, well, look at you, look at you, look at you. Hmm. Now you're all desperate, huh? Hey, 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 you made your bed. Lie in it. Said Jesus, never once to anybody, ever. Don't confuse him with us. We're those hard-hearted pagans who would say something like that. He never says that. He's moved with compassion. And he's moved. He's beseeching him. He's kneeling. He's got the right attitude. He's saying the right things. Jesus has moved. Oh, I so will. I so would. You have no... I absolutely will. That's like a really, really important message. Because we think... Oh, man, we've messed up. And then as Christians, oh, man, I've been walking with the Lord for long. I'm reading my Bible like I'm supposed to. I ain't been telling others about I'm really, if he's done with me, serves me right. We have that sense of, I know you can do it, but I've sinned against light. I'm, I'm not who I'm supposed to be. I've been hypocritical. I've been... Whatever. And we can make excuses for ourselves why he won't. No, I will, he says. Be clean. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. I, I don't think you understand what happened here. I don't think you understand what, what, what went on. He's, he's reeking to high heaven. The smell went away. He had this misshapen head. No ears, no nose. Now he's his skin is as new as a new baby. Okay? All his fingers came back. All his toes came back. So he's five, six, seven months of physical therapy, right? No, 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 no. 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 Uh, no. He's cleansed. He is absolutely 100% back. Okay? Uh, can you get leprosy off this guy? No. Big hug and a kiss, big sloppy kiss, you're not going to get it. Uh, uh, he's, he's totally, 100% cleansed. I want to just point to you the awesomeness of Jesus Christ. Nobody's ever done this before. 
Nobody's cleansed lepers. Again, the one time with Naaman, that was it. One and done. Um, Miriam, she was, she was cured. All the lepers, up until this point, had leprosy and then died. Jesus comes along, yeah, I will be clean. Touch, boom, guy's healed. Okay? Incredible. Incredible. He straightway charged him and forthwith sent him away. Straightway, strictly... This is what he said. Don't say anything to any man, but go thy way. Show yourself to the priest in Jerusalem, the same one probably who pronounced you unclean, maybe, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded. Why? For a testimony unto them. Now, see, I, I like to stick in the gospel that I'm in a lot of times because, you know, I, you can go around, you can make cases and do all this stuff, but Mark gave us this, right? And I think, like, in, in this format. But sometimes it's helpful to know what the background is. Jesus had already cleansed the temple, he's already persona non grata at Jerusalem. They had already, he already had a a head-butting contest with the Pharisees, okay? They do not believe that he's the Messiah, okay? Now, go, offer what Moses said. What, is it, what did Moses say? Well, that's Leviticus chapter 14. We can turn there and we can look at it at length, but let me just sum up, okay? This is the offering. There's uh, two doves, right? And you wring the neck off one of them, and you pour it into living water, okay? And then you take a branch of hyssop, and that was the same stuff. Think about like a paintbrush, okay? Like, you know how you get, you, know, you wash your paintbrush and you flick it and there's like spots everywhere of white paint or whatever color you're painting in? Think of hyssop like that, dipped in the, in the, in the bloody water, and then kind of splash, as they use it to sprinkle the door at uh, Pentecost, at uh, Passover, right? So this same hyssop, this branch, is dipped in the water and splashed on the living bird, okay? Uh, and he's set free. One bird dies for one bird to be set free. One man died for one man's sin, okay? This is the picture here, okay? A dove, obviously a picture of the Holy Spirit, obviously a picture of Jesus Christ. A clean bird used for Levitical sacrifice. All right, we, we, we get all the imagery there. And then something uh, happens. <clears throat> He's <clears throat> the cleansed leper is shaved from head to toe. Eyebrows, head, chest, just everything shaved cue ball shaved, okay? Um, shaved like a, like a newborn baby. And maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the issue. You know, I don't know if you ever, you ever see a baby born with a beard? No, no, right? I mean shaved. Does this guy have a beard? What's left of his face? Probably his hair hanging off it. Yeah. Now he's, and would you, you'd have trouble shaving a leper because of the insensitivity and the, they're not, not a smooth you know what I mean? So that would, be, that would be troublesome in and of itself. But this guy, he's, 
Like I say, he's got skin like a baby now anyway. Now we take him all the way down and shave like a baby. And I think it's pointing to newness of life and being born again. That's, that's the imagery that I get, okay? We read the same verses, and you know, it'll be interesting in your take on them. You know, I think as we, next week when we start the small groups on Wednesday night, I'll, I'll, I'll ask questions like that. The questions will be written down. They'll be, you can download them off the net, and then you can answer them, and that's, that's the basis for our study. And that's how it's going to work. But I'll ask questions like that. Why do you suppose, you know, in Leviticus 14, why the, the guy's shaving? Because they, they're going to examine him to see if he's got leprosy, right? And, you know, guy's got like a, you see guys with like a bearskin rug on their chest. They're like hairy guys. But he want to see skin. They want to see like, you know, what's the, what's the real deal there under all that, you know. Uh, but I think it's a, 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 the picture of like newborn, like born again. I think that's the idea. And then something happens that's really different, really, I would say, just think this all the way through. So he, he offers like a sheep <clears throat> or goat, and the blood is taken, and it's applied to his right ear and his right thumb and his right big toe. And same thing, oil is applied to his right ear, his right thumb, and his right big toe. Hmm. Now, a priest doing that, by the way, this is the same priest, maybe, who called him unclean years ago. You think, it's, it's going to be for a testimony, one. You think that guy would say, hey, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, Joseph, uh, I've never done this uh, before. How do you do this? Oh, I don't know. I've never done it before. None of them have ever done it before. Chapter 14 of Leviticus was written for Annas and Caiaphas. Okay, you have to figure that because they're the only ones who ever do perform this, this, this ritual. No one up to that point was ever healed. It's never been done. So here's this Guy comes, yeah, I'm a, I'm a leper. And you know, he's got his family with him or something like that. He's got the offering. He's got the, you're a leper? Yeah, don't you remember? You pronounced me unclean about 10 years ago. You're that guy. Well, you didn't have leprosy, obviously. You're cleansed. He goes, no, I had it. I, was, I lost all my fingers. I lost all my toes. I was, I was this close to death. I was, really? What's the next question? Well, how are you healed? Well, funny you should ask. There's this Galilean carpenter turned preacher guy. Yeah, the guy John baptized. Remember the Holy Spirit came on him and the voice from heaven says, my beloved son, that guy. I wasn't there when that happened, but I heard about him. I heard he's been healing up a storm. And he's healed everybody. So I went to him and I was like, listen, I don't even know if I should be here or nothing. And I said, well, if you know, if you want to, you can make me clean. And he said, oh, I so would want to, I so want to. He touched me. Can you imagine such a thing? He touched me. Well, we got to arrest him. He touched a leper, you know, that's, well, there's no leper. <laughs> I don't want to tell you about it. Uh, you know, here I am. Uh, you mean it was Jesus? Yeah, it was Jesus. What a testimony. And Caiaphas would have been confronted with, and Annas would have been confronted with, an irre irrefutable 
evidence. No, nobody's walking around cleansing lepers. The Savior would, but who else could? They said that was the finger of God. And Jesus says, no, let me show you something about the finger of God. Isn't that remarkable? The guy didn't do it. He didn't do it. He, he went and he broadcast everywhere. So I say, you know, in, chapter, in verse 40, he was kneeling down, he was beseeching. He was saying the right things. He had the right posture. Was he a believer? Was he humble? Yeah. Was he poor in spirit? We were studying that in Matthew chapter 5. Looks like it, doesn't it? You know what the very best way to show that you're a believer in Jesus Christ? We used to sing it to the youth group, you know, obedience. Now sing it, O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E. You don't have to sing with me. And it, the, the refrain was, obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Jesus put it this way. If you love me, keep my commandments. Uh, I'm not saying perfectly. I get it. You're a sinner like me, and we struggle to do the things that we know. I totally get it. I'm giving you a hall pass. I'm not your judge. I'm really not. I mean, brothers here to help you. I'm not. You sinned. You're a hall pass. I'm not, I'm not that person. Uh, I, I, I'm here to help. You can, you can trust that. I'm, not, I'm on your team. Uh, uh, so anyway, he, I, I can get going on that way for a long way. Uh, don't say nothing. Show yourself and, t- and do give the offering that Moses said. Oh, by the way, I was talking about the blood on your right hand and stuff like this. The blood is it's to sanctify, to cleanse what you hear on your right hand. It cleanses your activity, what you do. Uh, the, the blood on your right big toe. It cleanses where you go. What you, it, it, it's, a, it's service for the Lord is the way I look at it. Well, where are you going, what you're doing, what you're hearing, okay? He's sanctifying, he's cleansing, okay? The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Uh, only priests had that ritual done to them. And you think, well, Wisgan, this guy's a leper, now he's a priest? Hello, what happened to you, fellow leper? We were leprous with sin, we had a death sentence. We were slowly dying. We reached out to Jesus. He cleansed us, and now he's made us priests. And then this, the oil is applied to the right ear. The oil is applied to the right thumb. The oil is applied to the right big toe. Why? Because you ain't doing these things in the power of the flesh. We go over this, and we go over this, and we go over this, and we go over this. You go anywhere church, anywhere else. You might not visit as much as we visit this here. We don't live spiritual lives by the power of the flesh. The Holy Spirit guides and directs. There's a cleansing and then there's a spirit leading so we don't get back in that predicament again. He's, if he goes and hangs out with all his leper friends, he might get leprosy again. You see that? But the Holy Spirit says, this is what I want you to listen to. This is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to go. And so we give ourselves the Spirit of God, Lord, lead me. And it's not a religion of self-reliance, a religion of self-effort. Stop it. Satan laughs at our white knuckles. We have a heart that's committed to God. Lord, you have to do this. You have to show up. You have to lead me. You have to guide me. You have to fill me with your spirit. Because I can't do it on my own. Oh, we say, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. There's a lot of ways to say it. But at the end of the day, Lord, live your life 
through me. It's the only way this is going to work. I've tried it on my own. I'm just, it doesn't work. And when you come to that place, that's a blessed place to be. When you finally give up on self, that is a wonderful, blessed place to be. Do we all have to be in the last moments of our life in this cancer and this is leprous condition before we find that? I think sometimes that's the way a lot of us have to come. Don't, don't say anything to any man. But he went out and he began to publish it much. So he's running his mouth. Jesus would want that. He wants everyone to know. No, he wants to be able to minister. And now he can't. He went out and began to publish much and to blaze abroad the mat in so much that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city but was without in desert places. And they came to him from every quarter. He can't go into the city anymore. Well, that's where all the people are. And he wants to share the gospel. Remember? Um, bum, 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 bum. Verse 38. He said unto them, Let us go to the next towns that I may preach there also in towns. That's why I came forth. And he preached in the synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils, and now he can't do that. Thanks, Mr. Leper, who I cleansed. Now uh, you were cast out, and now I'm cast out. You were separated, and now I'm separated. He, there's kind of a, a trading places here, isn't there? A juxtaposition. But I think that's kind of important. I think in the natural... Look at chapter 2. We won't go there today. I mean, we're running out of time. He entered into Capernaum after some days. There was noise that he was in the house. So he's in town, right? Straightway, many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And that's when they open up the roof and they let the guy down on the mat. Remember that? So I think this is like, that gives rise to this story because now he can't go into towns anymore. And when he does, it's Jesus mania and his wall-to-wall people. So he can't deal with people like he would. And I think he wants to. But here's something that happens, and I think it's like, it's kind of a, 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 an issue, and I want to just touch it quickly. Why was he baptized? Because it, it was to fulfill all righteousness. He had to uh, I, I say it like uh, identification with sinners, right? He became sin for us, he who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In him. It started as baptism. He doesn't need to be baptized. We need to be baptized. And he was demonstrating and showing us and, and, and <sighs> fellowshipping with us on our level, a point of identification, right? I, I mean, if it's not this, I, I have no idea. Now, what's the next thing happens? He's out in the wilderness and he's being tempted by the devil. Right? Because this guy back a long time ago, oh, as a matter of fact, he's a great, great, many great grandfather, mine too. He was tempted by the devil and blew it. And Jesus had a score to settle. And we talked about that. Again, identification. What was made wrong had to be made right. It's identification. Uh, Satan, by the way, you almost feel sorry for him. I never feel sorry. I have no sympathy for the devil. I know Rolling Stone sang about it. Not a great song. Not a great fan. Don't love Satan. Don't have any sympathy. You almost In this story, you almost feel bad for him. He is so overmatched. He comes to him, oh, if you're the son of God, you know, and Jesus, he, he's not in an ideal situation with an ideal companion. 
wild beasts are around him and he's all by himself and he's fasted for 40 days and he throws a whipping on Satan that is, like I say, if you keep in school, Jesus 3, Satan, nothing, thank you very much. And I love that story and we can go there another time. But identification, identification. Now, the leper is excluded from the life, from community, from fellowship, from normalcy. He's excluded because of his sin. He became sin for us. He who knew no sin. Now we see Jesus excluded from, and he's on the outside looking in. And they're kind of a, uh, I don't even know if this is, but I, I see this, and I think this is what one of the things is trying to tell us. The leper, they, they traded places. The leper is the outcast, now Jesus is the outcast. He became sin for us who knew no sin. And so if something, uh, I don't think the guy obeyed, and he should have. There's no doubt about that. But the picture that it presents is Jesus taking on our sin. Now Jesus is outside the camp, and the leper is made, he's right in the mainstream. That's what he'll do for us. Isn't he an amazing Savior? Isn't he awesome? Listen, listen, I don't care how broken you are. I don't care how much you've messed up. I don't care how far you've run. I don't care. None of that stuff matters. You know, um, people talk to me sometimes, and I say, it's, yep, it's all under the blood. It's all like, and I'm amazed, like, oh, I can be so gracious. How can you not be? He's done much to bring us into his forever family. There's nothing he's left undone. And I just think this is a wonderful picture of that. I want to leave this with you. If thou wilt, thou can make me clean. I will. I most certainly will. Be thou clean. Let's stand, let's pray, and we'll go out of here with a song. Lord, if you will, you can cleanse us all, all the time. No matter what situation we've gotten ourselves into. Uh, we don't have an excuse for our sin. We sin because we're sinners. What can I say? Lord, um, give us a new day. Cleanse us. Lord, put the, apply the, the blood to our right ear, to our, our thumbs, to our toes, as, as, it, as it were. And Lord, fill us with your Spirit because we're not going to be very successful in the power of our own flesh. Do a, do a miracle work, Lord. And Lord, just take many and heal them at this time. And Lord, for the ones who are actually sick, I mean physically sick among us, Lord, I just pray your, your spirit would, would come, Lord. Fill us with your spirit, Lord. Drive away sickness. Uh, again, I, it's your pro- you don't owe us anything, Lord. It's your prerogative. You can do whatever you want. But you said you have not because you ask not. But that, be that far, far from us, Lord. We are specifically asking that you heal many today. And we're asking it in Jesus' name. Now, may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee. Be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee shalom. Amen.